Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad that you're with us. As we continue on in the series we're doing today called Living Invitations. Living Invitations. And uh, you can kind of figure out what the message is about by the title. Um, Peter, the Apostle Peter said that we're to live such good lives among pre-Christians that it impacts them so that they'll be ready to... Uh, to be, you know, gathered to the Lord when He comes back. And so we're talking about that process. And uh, in the midst of it, I started to talk about hospitality and, and uh, loving our neighbors well. And from that, we jumped into a little sub-series on the armor of God. Because I said a big part of this life is um, uh, helping pre-Christians come to know Jesus and that um, we realize that that's a spiritual battle and that we have a very real enemy who's trying to keep our neighbors uh, stuck in darkness. And, and so we're, we're going to engage in a spiritual battle, uh, not only for ourselves, but on their behalf. And that we've been given the armor of God to do that. And so I wanted to take some time to look at each part of this armor. And as we do, encourage you to make, a, uh, make putting this armor on a part of your daily routine. So we had wristbands made. There should be some out there somewhere. Uh, and, and that as you put them on, you think about the, the armor. And so we've been talking about it. We've talked about, you know, the, the um, belt of truth so far. And we talked about integrity as being what that looks like. And we, Lord, I put on the belt of truth. I want to be a person of integrity for you today. The breastplate of righteousness. Lord, I want to I be your righteousness. I'm not a self-righteousness, but a righteousness that comes from you that's relational and that's that's loving. And Lord, help me in that process. I want to put on the shoes of peace and be ready to be a peacemaker in the world around me. And so we've talked about that so far. Today we're going to talk about the shield of faith and what that means and what that looks like. And so, you know, every time we, we, we pray, Lord, I take up the shield of faith. We, we know that we have this neat shield and that we're going to go through the day with that shield. So we'll dig into that. That's the intro transition a few bad jokes. These were very bad jokes. I'm very looking, I'm looking forward to sharing them with you. What did Sushi A say to Sushi B? Wasabi. 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 <laughs> it's a little play on the language. Like this. What do you call a, a driver that's never been in an accident? Reckless. I know. It's a W. Makes all the difference there. There you go. Whew. This was a late addition. I, it was all depending on how reckless worked. If I went for it or not, then it didn't work. So here you go. Where did Noah keep the bees? In the ark hives. Archives. Uh, scripture reading, that's enough of that. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the uh, powers, uh, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, 
put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Blessed be the Word of the Lord. So I want to continue our discussion on the armor today, looking at the shield of faith, Ephesians 6.16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I think um, when we, uh, often when we think about a, a shield, we, we, um, we probably tend to think of it as more of a protective piece of armor that, that we're, you know, it's, it's going to help us to protect what's coming at us. And certainly that's a big part of what a shield does. But a shield also has um, offensive uh, capabilities. And I was thinking about this, uh, and uh, uh, a few years ago, the imagery really popped into my brain um, about Captain America uh, when those new movies came out. Because Captain America uh, has an awesome shield. Not as good as the shield of faith, I'll have you know, but uh, not bad. And, and uh, he uses that shield, and it was such a great picture to me, because he, he certainly uses it to protect himself but every now and again, they'll take that shield and just whip it right out there like a boomerang, and, and it does all sorts of things. And so it's both his defense and his offense. And I thought that was really a, a sort of a great picture with the shield uh, and, and how it can be used, you know, for more than defense. Um, there's a lot of ways to use it to help us um, on the offense. And so we have a very real enemy, uh, and we've talked about that. And I've told you all the time, he's always trying to use tricks and, and lies and deceptions and shame and guilt uh, to keep us from experiencing the life that we were created for. And he's also trying to keep people who don't know him blinded to the truth by, by bombarding them with lies and telling them they're good and everything's okay and all those things that he does. Uh, but the shield of faith offers to us uh, protection from these flaming arrows of the evil one. So it certainly does protect us. We can use it our faith to fight off all that mess that he's trying to shoot at us with. Um, but it also, I think, emboldens us to, to move forward and to advance the kingdom of God and to, and to take a stand, you know, on behalf of our neighbors, the, those who need the mercy of God, so that um, we can declare the praises of Him who rescued us from darkness and brought us into light and on their behalf. And, and that the shield is all part of that. I saw a documentary not all that long ago about Vikings. And they took those shields and they would actually advance by moving their shields forward. And they would just continually, they'd get a couple of feet and they'd dig them in. And, and it was the way that they, they were defending them, but they were also moving forward in the process. And that's another good picture, you know, of, of how we just continue to press on and we, we want to take... Um, the, the ground back that the enemy has stolen. We want to grab those people that the enemy has, uh, you know, blinded so that they can come to know the truth. Last week I said that's a big part of being a peacemaker is, is we want those people that are lost to be at peace with God and to know Him throughout eternity. 
And so we have this shield, and I think Hebrews 11.6 gives us a sort of a great picture about what this shield looks like and some insights into the components of our shield of faith. Hebrews 11.6 out of the NIV, it says this, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Uh, in the paraphrase, the message, I, I like it, it's, it's very helpful, it expands it a little. Uh, it's impossible, Hebrews 11:6 in the message, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who, that's obvious, that's not the right one. Uh, let me just read it. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that He exists and that He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. And so they, they just opened it up a little more and there's three things there, there are three components to the shield of faith that we need to have. God exists, God cares, and God responds. So let's start with God exists, part one. That's where faith starts, that God exists, that He's real. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of things to help us believe that God is real, but a few verses before this one in Hebrews, is, there's a great reason for us to believe. And in Hebrews 11:3, it actually says this, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I like that. Uh, we, we know, see as people of faith, we know that God exists. Some folks don't quite believe that yet, or they're not sure exactly what that means, but, but we know that God exists. And uh, really, it's, <laughs> it doesn't take that much, I think, to know that God exists, especially for us, we're blessed. You just go outside and take a good look around you and start to look at the creation and the way that God has designed things and made things and the, the way that, you know, the beauty that we have and the, you look at the ocean, you look at the, you know, the creatures in the ocean and, the, and the, even the, you know, the trees around here and the palm trees and the, and the birds and how they all work and how everything sort of moves together. Uh, and um, I don't think it takes a lot to, to begin to understand that there's a design behind it, that there's a, there's a creator in the midst. Although uh, we live in a time where people have been told, oh no, it's just all random. It just kind of happened. Uh, and all these things were a series of random chances. And I, I often think it takes so much more faith to believe that there wasn't a design involved than to know that there was a design in the process. And, and that so things have been twisted um, to keep people in darkness. Well, there is, you know, they think, well, there's no God. Well, there, yes, there is. Uh, but, but, you know, sometimes convincing people of that is hard or they're not sure what he's done or what he is. But, you know, uh, it, it's like this building that we're in. We've we got a lot of stuff going on in this building right now. But this building just didn't happen. Um, you know, we didn't just one day sort of, oh, look, the building has arrived. It popped out of nowhere. What a random thing that is. And we occupied it, and there we go. It was our building. It wasn't like that. It, at one point, you know, it was, a, it was just a big piece of ground and lots of things happened. Um, it had to be created. There was a builder involved in the process. There was quite a few people involved in the building process. Um, but, but, you know, it, it, somebody had to create it. It didn't just happen out of nothing. Hebrews 3, 4 says, For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Psalm 19, 1. 
The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Another great spot to, to just sit back and ponder and you begin to think about the magnificence of the heavens. When you, when you look upward and you, you know, uh, the longer you look, the more that you see uh, and how awesome it is. And, and if you start taking it down in detail, um, the way things are created, just like our solar system, just take this, this little group of what we have going on here, how the planets... Are, are spinning and then they spin around the sun and, and that they're, they're, they all have their own tracks so they're not messing with one another and, and you know the earth spins at just the right speed every day for us to stay on it so we don't float off and, and it continues on what it's doing and it's just the right distance from the sun so that we can exist and, and those things couldn't be changed by even little bits for there to be a difference but, but it's because it was designed that way. There was a, a creative force in the midst, and it was God. And, and um, for in our lifetimes, there's been a lot of people all oh, know it wasn't that, it wasn't this. It's all random. It's all happened over time. What, a, what an amazing set of coincidences. And, and I just, again, I think that's not what's going on. You know, even in my um, small lifetime now, 57-odd years, the, the science has changed. Um, and so, uh, and I'm all for science. I think science is cool. Uh, but where science disagrees with the Bible, I'm always going to go with the Bible because science comes back to the Bible. I watch it happen in my own life. They all know they couldn't be anything like that. And then now it's like, you know, like with creation. Well, now we're, we're pretty much convinced, uh, even the scientists, that it all happened as sort of a boom. Um, and you can go and like pictures. You go on NASA and look at things like Big Bang and there'll be nothing and then all of a sudden there's this whole thing happening. And they get back to this nothing and they try and give it a name. But we know exactly what that was. We've known it forever. If you're a believer, it was Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God just spoke it into being and there it went. Boom. They think it took billions of years. I don't. I think God went boom and it just boom. There it was. And... Uh, and then he spoke into it for another few days, took a break, here we go. Oh, people, oh, no, that can't be. Nah, that keeps coming back to it. Uh, and so uh, when, when people go, well, what about the science? I go, okay, the science is going to come back to the truth. You watch. And it will. It'll spin back to the truth. It has to. If, if people are really seeking truth, it will come back to what the Bible says because the Bible's right. From the very beginning, everything that was made was made out of something you can't see. How could they have known that? That things are made up of things you can't see. But they are, right? Don't we know that now. Is things are made up of atoms and subatoms and molecules and stuff I don't even fully understand. But here we go. So for me, it's not a stretch. Uh, God exists. I'm, I have no doubts. Uh, there was a time in my life when I had doubts. And, 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 and you know, but I, I, don't have, I don't have them anymore because I know that He exists. And, and I can look and see and see how things have put together and what he's told me is true and what's going so so that's where faith starts well God exists because he exists some other things happen secondly God cares God cares this is huge that that because some people want to go okay well sure there's a God but he doesn't have any you know he's not interactive God is so interactive in your life it's it's mind-boggling God always want to tell people those things we like to write off as coincidence not coincidence God's involved in your life on a constant level. And, and I think if we, it's hard for us to even grasp sometime. What a coincidence. Have you ever you said that, right? Wow, what a coincidence. 
And I mean, I have stories in my life of things that should have never happened that happen, and they happen so frequently, sometimes I take them for granted. Like I'll, I'll, I'll have a thought about somebody, and they'll show up out of the blue, or they'll call, or something like that. That's not coincident, and it's not, you know, telepathic. It's, it's God at work. Uh, you know, I, I may have told you stories about doing missions work and, and one time going to Cuba, the very first time I ever went there, I went there for 10 years, we were looking for a guy, all we knew about him was his name, Luis. We didn't even know his last name. You know how many Luises there are in Cuba? Like most of them have that name in there somewhere, Luis. So you can, and you can't go around asking, do you know Luis? They just look at you like, Luis who? I don't know, Luis. And, and you... <laughs> very first day I had my feet on Cuban soil we went to a place out of the I don't even know how we got there halfway through the church service Luis walked in how does that happen? what a coincidence he didn't know we were there we didn't know he was he never normally goes there it was all weird but it wasn't it was God and he's done that over and over and over again in places you know where I, I, I remember in Disney World once as a youth pastor, I was sitting there thinking, I need to find this guy. I bet he's here because everybody, all the youth people were there. And I looked next to me. Literally, I looked over after I thought that, and he was sitting next to me on the wall. I was like, how? No way. But it happens. And, you know, those are dramatic. But even the little stuff happens. Something will, will need something or something will go on, and it will happen. Because God cares. See, he's in the midst. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I like that cast. It's a, it is a fishing term. Peter was a fisherman, you know. They would cast nets. Um, but, you know, and most of you have fished. You know about casting that. And that's the picture. You, you cast it on him because he cares for you. But then here's the deal. After you cast it out there, cut the line. Because you know what most of us do once we cast it out there? We reel it right back. Well, what if something's wrong now? What if the bait fell off? What if it's not in a good spot? What if I have, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, the what ifs will reel it back, everything's just fine, out you go again, and then, uh, and it's like, just cast it out there and don't worry about it. Let her go. And that's what he wants us to do in our life. Cast it, I mean, so many times I've said, okay, God, it's yours. <sighs> Feel better. And then like, boom, take it right back. And we cast it on him. He cares about you. He, he, uh, you know, we use this verse all the time. He came so that you can have life now and forever. John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus has come that we may have life and have it to the full. God cares. God exists. God cares. Third, God responds. God responds. Let me read this to you. Matthew 6, 28 through 34. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. I love that verse in there, Matthew 6, 33. It's always been one of my cornerstone verses. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
And, and the reality of that is He is so much better at taking care of us than we are that we have to just trust that He has us in His hands. And, and there's, there's something in us. When we get that, it frees us from being consumed by our own needs and allows us to focus on living for Him and in Him, which is where real life is found. See, there's something about this process. And, and it's where we, why this faith is so important. See, we have to know that He exists. We have to know that He cares. And we have to know that He responds to us in our lives so that we can let go of all the stuff that we get caught up in that isn't where we're going to find life. And we just sort of go, okay, God, it's yours. You're in charge. I'm your kid. I know that you love me. You've got me. Here we go. And there's something in that dynamic when we actually make that transition where we know that we're, we're living for Him and that we're living in Him and that He's in charge, that, that we don't need to be the, the center of the story. This is His story. He's the center. He's the noun. We're adjectives in there describing Him. But that's where we thrive. That's where we find life. That's, that's when it, it, it breaks us free from the from the, just the stress and the worry of trying to make it all work. And we just go, you know, God, I, I'm just going to let you have it. Because you got it. And you're so much better at it than I am. You, you make things happen and work out. And, and, and Lord, you know, I, I'm going to get a hold of that. It's just not all about me. It's not about me, which is cool, because you make it some about me. But it's, it's about you. And, and real life is found living your way, living in you, living for you, loving you, loving others. See, that's the shield of faith. God exists. God cares. God responds. And, and it will help us engage in this battle that we're called to so that we're aware of the schemes and the tricks and the traps of the enemy and how he's trying to keep people blinded to the truth and how we're to come in and love them well and not be critical or judgmental or act superior in any way, but just come in and love and bless and encourage and, and look for opportunities to share this amazing good news, this message that we've been given to help people engage in and find life. And, and, you know, we can't encourage them to engage in it if we're not experiencing it ourselves. So that's where all that comes together. And so as you pray that armor on, you know, this week, think about all those things where I'm going to put on the belt of truth, integrity. I want to be a person of integrity, God, where what I say I believe and how I live my life match up, Lord. And, and Lord, I want to I want to walk in your righteousness and love like you do. I want to be a peacemaker, ready to go with the shoes of peace. I want to take this shield of faith and know that it protects me from the arrows of the enemy, but it also emboldens me to, to be who you've called me to be because I know you exist and I know you care and I know you respond. And I'm going to find life in you. So keep on praying the armor every day. We'll get, we'll get into the next couple of pieces over the next uh, couple of weeks, but... That's that for today. If you're watching on video, thanks for watching. Appreciate you doing that. Love for you to come and visit when you get a chance. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. And uh, put in your prayer request, and we will pray for you.